Our second reading comes from the Holy Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. Listen for a word from God. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crow, or at dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Christ, our incarnate Savior, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our light of the world. Amen. This is my first hanging of the green service, and though it is a little different than years past, I must tell you that it is a joy to be a part of. Because all throughout the year, we're surrounded by these signs and these symbols, and we do these metaphoric actions, and they're so important. But we rarely talk about what they mean and why we do it. And if symbols and signs lose their meaning, then they become only pomp and pride. But symbols are greatly important in our spiritual life because they allow us to attempt to articulate something beyond us, something that is far beyond our understanding or our comprehension. Our sacred symbols point to where heaven and earth collide They touch, and something beyond is revealed. Something transcends. Our passage that we read in Mark is riddled with symbolism, imagery, all pointing us to something beyond where we are now. It speaks of the darkness that envelops the earth before Christ comes back. And isn't that so true? That when there is darkness all around the light becomes brighter. That it's sometimes when we are at the end of our rope, when we, our nerves are threadbare, 
that we have the most real experiences of God's love. In the, in the fourth century, the Western church decided to celebrate Christmas, Christ's birth, on the winter solstice, the darkest day of our year. And how appropriate that in and of itself is a symbol that even on the darkest day, Christ's light shines the brightest. Church, this year, there's no mincing words, has been a dark one. We've had limited time with our families. It's cut out very important parts of our lives that are crucial to our mental health. It's been a financial struggle for many. It's increased wealth gaps. It's caused somehow further division amongst a divided country. And and many, many people have lost their lives. We do not want to wait any longer for this period of time, for this pandemic to end, for the season just to be over. But the season of Advent reminds us that waiting has always been a part of the Christian life. Throughout the story of Scripture, we see God's people waiting, waiting for God to move. And in their waiting, we see them working and living. We see them working for the kingdom of God because they believe that God will act. And this, church, is hope. Hope that the morning will come and the night will end. Hope that darkness will be illuminated. Hope that justice will prevail. Hope that God's love is bigger than any force in the world. And they have hope because Christ has come into the world and become a light for us in which to see. Christ's light has come into the world to demonstrate love of the highest order, of the most beautiful, of the most gracious. But you know, sometimes holding on to hope is difficult. Some days it seems darn near impossible because we're just so exhausted. But that, that church is why we have symbols. That's why they're important. That's why symbols in church are important. Symbols in worship are important. Symbols in nature, symbols in the Bible, because they point us back to God when we're tired. They point us back to God throughout our week. When we see Christmas wreaths in every store we enter on the front of houses when we pass by on our walks or drives, we're reminded of the Advent wreath, of God's love constantly surrounding us, holding us, of the circle that never ends. And church, that gives us hope. When we see candles lit up in windows of someone's house, we see candles on a cake, we see candles on display, we're reminded that salvation is near, that we have the armor of Christ, the armor of light that shines forth from us. 
we're, we are reminded that God's love shines brighter than all else, than any darkness. And church, that gives us hope. Keep your eyes open to these symbols, to the regular mundane objects that point us to something holy, that point us back to God. Because when we are pointed back to God, we remember that we are but clay, being formed by the potter, that we have hope because we have a God who loves us, and that we are called to keep awake even in the darkest night. There's a scene in the final Lord of the Rings book, Return of the King, where one of our hobbit heroes, Sam, is in the darkest place imaginable. He is outside the gates of evil itself, and Sam is exhausted. He has been on a six-month journey, a six-month pilgrimage, a six-month run for his life. He's been separated from all his friends except for his friend, dear Frodo, who is so exhausted falls asleep as soon as they come to their resting place. And again, they are outside a dangerous place, and as Frodo's asleep, Sam tries to stay awake, tries to stay on guard for his friend and for himself. As he attempts to stay awake, he exits the small cave where they're hiding. He looks up in the sky, and the text says, There, peeping among the cloud rack, Above a dark dark tor high up in the mountains, Sam saw a white star twinkle for a little while. The beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out over the forsaken land. Hope returned to him. For like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end, The shadow was but a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty far beyond its reach. This one symbol of something mundane as a twinkle in the sky pointed Sam back to hope, back to light when there was darkness all around. Friends hold to those symbols that point you back to Christ's light, that remind you that you can shine when it's dark. Those symbols that give you strength to stay awake when you're so tired, that remind you that you have the endurance and the strength to care for others even when you're so exhausted and feel like nothing is left in you. That even In a time waiting to pass, these symbols remind us that God is still working, that God is still loving, that God is still the light of the world, and that God is beckoning each and every one of you to be a light as well. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.